Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long, with your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. Holy smokes, we just had one of the best weekends of football, maybe of all time. I mean, the margin of victory, and the other playoff games we're talking about, the margin of victory was so slim. 15 combined points was the margin of victory in this divisional playoff weekend. 49ers win by a field goal. Rams win by a field goal. Bengals win by a field goal. Chiefs game, that one wasn't very close. Won by a touchdown in overtime. I mean, this weekend of football was absolutely crazy. Look, the Patriots, or no, Buccaneers, sorry, so used to Tom Brady being on the Patriots. The Patriots, ah, did it again. The Buccaneers-Rams game was so crazy, so insane. Everyone would say, oh my gosh, just script writers this season going off. And it finished just at the I was I was really looking forward to that, that Chiefs game tonight, but there's no way it's going to top that. Boy, was I in for a surprise. That Chiefs game might be the greatest, not just football game, not just sporting event, the greatest piece of entertainment that I have ever witnessed. It's right up there with, you know, Sound of Music, It's a Wonderful Life. Holy smokes, what a game. But I have a few takeaways. The main thing that I want to get into is the overtime. The overtime. Everyone is talking about the overtime rules are terrible. Josh Allen didn't get the ball. And it's frustrating. As a Packers fan who has watched several times in the playoffs, the Packers lose. In the playoffs, I understand the frustration. I really do. But I want to give my thoughts on the overtime situation, what the rules are, what I think is the the perfect overtime format. I want to give a few takeaways from this weekend about the games. And before we get into all of that, I want to say thank you to today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Prize Picks, my favorite way to make a little money watching these games. I got I got like six out of eight selections right this weekend. We cashed in a few bets, but prize picks, simply download prize picks using promo code profit. And when you do that, you're automatically entered to win a jersey of your choice. And this coming weekend, just select the over or the under on different player stat lines. It's easy as that. Easy as that. So thank you for them for sponsoring the show. Let's get into the overtime talk now. Here's the issue. We love offense. We love offense. And when a game ends like that, we feel like we were cheated out of yet another insane offensive drive, which we probably would have gotten. But does the coin toss actually decide the winner in overtime? Well, interesting numbers. Regular season? No, it doesn't. 52 to 54% is the rate of winning for teams that win the coin toss in overtime. That's the regular season. Massive sample size, 160 plus game sample size. Now in the playoffs, however, we don't have as big of a sample size, only 10 games or these numbers are going off of. Yet, it's about a 90% chance of winning if you win the coin toss. Only one team has lost the coin toss and then won in overtime in the playoffs. That was that crazy Rams-Saints game with a blown pass interference call. Now, that sample size is not massive, and you have to take that into consideration. However, it is pretty clear that there seems to be an advantage. Seven out of those nine wins came from a touchdown on the first possession, meaning the other team never touched the ball offensively. Never touched the ball, just like last night. And at the end of the day, I don't think the overtime rules are perfect. I don't. 
But let's not sit here and pretend that the college overtime rules would be better. I mean, we had a game in college football last last season, nine overtimes. And as fun as that might be, it would get very tedious and a lot of people would probably end up getting hurt. Nine overtimes. We do not want that in the NFL. I do not think that the college playoff system would actually be an upgrade. I think it would be a bit of a downgrade. The overtime rules are not as unfair as they may seem. I don't think I don't think they're perfect, but I don't think that these college overtime rules would be significantly better. They might actually be worse. And I love the the point that Theo from uh Theo Ash NFL brought up about the the overtime is to end the game. Like you played a whole game, okay, let's get it done now. Overtime. Over being the emphasis. But here is what I think would be probably the fairest solution. You add in 10 minutes of extra playing time. 10 minutes of extra playing time. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be a coin toss, of course, but, but the other team is essentially assured a shot. Hey, you might get two extra possessions. So basically, what they do right now, but without the instant death factor, just at the end of 10 minutes, whoever's up, they win. I think that would be more fair. Now, here is a solution that I think would be extremely fun. And it would not increase the risk of injuries at all. And it wouldn't take that much time. Field goal shootouts from the 40-45 yard line. This would be some of the most incredibly exciting and heartbreaking moments of every fan base's life. Imagine, it goes to overtime, and you know you got to face Justin Tucker, and you've got Cody Parkey or Blair Walsh. This would be so nerve-wracking, so exciting. I think that the, the field goal shootout might be the best overtime solution for the playoffs. Now, I think probably what I would do, 10-minute extra quarter, and whoever's winning at the end wins. But if it is still tied, then you go into the overtime shootout. From a viewer perspective, I think that would be electrifying and fair. It'd place a greater emphasis on the kicker position, which I think we need. The kickers are so important, yet teams kind of neglect them. And as we've seen very recently, special teams can win or lose a game, can win or lose a game. I think we would get some extremely exciting football moments, and I think that it would it would solve the solution of the coin toss being unfair. No one could complain, and kickers, they would get their, their money eventually because kickers would suddenly become a lot more important. But anyways, my biggest takeaway from last weekend is Josh Allen is a top three quarterback. Josh Allen is a top three quarterback. The arm strength is better than anyone's. The accuracy at this point... It's there. It's there. I've knocked him for a while on the inconsistent accuracy. He has arrived. His accuracy is spot on. And then his ability not only to run the ball, but to navigate the pocket and create second chances for the offense when a play would be done if it were in a mobile quarterback, it is second to none. Last game was a clinic, and he has done it multiple times throughout his career. But last night, he had it all. We have seen these flashes where the accuracy is perfect, the arm strength is perfect, the rushing ability, the escape ability. But 
a lot of times it's not all there at the same time. And that has been the knock on Josh Allen. But last night he proved that he is an elite quarterback who I would say is a top three quarterback right now. We also now know that Mahomes is number one. He is the number one quarterback in the NFL. It's not Rodgers, not right now. It's no one besides Mahomes. He is playing at such an elite level. The fact that this was his offseason should horrify everyone in the AFC. The fact that this is the Chiefs and Mahomes offseason should horrify you. But I think it's, it's really, I was thinking about it watching the game. The new guard is here. The new era of quarterbacks, it's here. Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, and Herbert. Those guys, Lamar Jackson, throw them in there. Kyler Murray, throw them in there. But they, I don't think, will be around as long as those the, the big four. I think the big four of this generation will be Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, and Herbert. And I think the AFC is going to be so much fun to watch over the next 15 years. I mean, I'm going to be 35 with a kid, and we're going to be watching Burrow versus Mahomes or Allen versus Lamar. It's just going to be so much fun And it really, I saw the tweet resonated. This is the first time in 12 years that neither Brady or Rodgers are in a championship game. I think that is just so symbolic that this is the new era. It's no longer, no, no longer these young stars who are, are trying to up. No, they've, they've upset the establishment, whatever. The, the long time quarterbacks are no longer the elite top of the class. Brady Rodgers, still great. Still a lot left in their tanks, I believe. But Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, and Burrow, those guys, their athletic ability paired with their their just hunger and aggressiveness, they have proven that they are the new guard of quarterback. And if you're a fan of any of those teams, you should be excited because the next 15 years of football are going to be fun to watch. AFC, though, is going to be so much fun to watch, especially (laughs) if you get Rodgers in there, which it's possible. He made some comments. Doesn't sound like a return to Green Bay is 100% going to happen. So we'll have to see what happens. But those are my main takeaways from those those games. And I also want to say, Devin Singletary, fantasy-wise, make a mental note. Put it in your phone. Devin Singletary is going to be the RB1 for the Bills. It's been for a while, Zach Moss, Singletary, kind of splitting different weeks, splitting carries. It was 50-50 at some points this season. I think it's Singletary. I think he has the job. I don't know exactly what it is. I have to go watch the All-22 on Zach Moss, which I have not done. But I've known for a while that I really like Singletary. He, he, he is so elusive, so slippery, so hard to tackle. And he doesn't have the breakaway speed, but I think that he is good enough. And especially paired with Josh Allen, I think that that is going to be a great dynamic duo. And fantasy-wise, when you're in that dead zone next year, where you're looking at these wide receiver threes and these running backs, and you're like, one of these guys is going to be serviceable. The rest are going to be on the the waivers come week five. Take a look at Devin Singletary because Devin Singletary is a very good talent. I wrote about him when he was coming out of, uh, was it Miami? Something like that. Goodness, it's been a while since he was in college. Devin Singletary, was this his third or fourth season? Yeah, uh, Florida Atlantic. That's the school. I wrote about him. He was the first player I ever made an article about back on Instagram. And I just really liked what I saw from him. He has a nose for the end zone. And I think in fantasy, he could be very undervalued. I think we could see a late fantasy breakout season. And also, 
do not forget Gabriel Davis. We have now seen the ceiling, and I was shocked. It's as high as anyone else's ceiling, apparently. But what is the medium going to be for Gabriel Davis? We've seen the floor. It's nothing. But we've also seen the ceiling, and I'm inclined to say the median average for Gabriel Davis next season is going to be a lot higher than it was this season. So keep an eye on him this offseason as well. Just names to monitor. Also, one more guy. Pringle. Pringle and Hardman. Two more guys, technically. Watch how the rest of this playoff plays out. But Kelsey is not as elite as he once was. He's obviously still elite, but he is not dominating the targets. He's not dominating the yardage. And Pringle and Hardman, one of them is going to step up. I would place my money on Hardman, but Pringle could also be him. So keep an eye and watch who is it who is stepping up and taking a bigger piece of this passing game. Because whoever it is will be a tremendous value in fantasy football next year. A lot of people are going to shy away because they've been burned so many times by these Chiefs receivers, just like every NFL defense has. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Those are just my takeaways from those uh, this weekend of crazy playoff football. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's a little short. I know, but I'm trying to get you in and out. Just my thoughts. Uh, I'm thinking shorter, but more consistent podcast schedules this offseason. And thank you, as always, for supporting this podcast. It would mean so much to me if you could drop a five-star review. We're about to give away the Terry McLaurin card. Uh, So drop a review and you'll be entered in that giveaway. And as always, I'll see you next time.